Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. First time guest, I'm going to ask you to just bear with us for just a second. I want to have a little bit of a family discussion uh, and and share with you some some things. Um, The Lord's really been dealing with me strongly here lately. Uh, about some things um, prophetically about where we're going. And I get this sense that maybe, uh, I know me personally, but also we as a church, we may not have a clue uh, how much God wants to use what's happening here at Renew Life Church. Um, I've, I've spent some time in the last couple of weeks doing some traveling, listening, helping some guys plant some churches in other parts of the country, uh, getting more phone calls from other people. There's, there's just a unique thing going on here. Uh, but in, in all of this, I've had the Lord get pretty strong with me uh, as of late and has basically told me simply to grow up. Anybody else ever had a time where the Lord just said, you need to grow up, big boy? Uh, I'm just being 100% honest with you. There's been some times here lately where the Lord just told me, hey, the leadership that got you to this point ain't going ain't gonna to get you anywhere else. The level of faith that got you to this point ain't going to get you anywhere else. One specifically he's been talking to me personally about, even my prayer life. He's like, hey, big boy, you're going to have to up your game with your prayer life. It's just, it's just not enough. And, it's, and it, it, the only way I know to say it is the Lord is requiring me to grow up. And one of the areas he's requiring me to grow up is in my leadership and how our organization is structured. There's, uh, over the last several uh, months, uh, as things have just continued to grow, my responsibilities have continued to grow. I found myself running 100 different directions and uh, one, not honoring the Sabbath the way that I'm supposed to, and so I've got to get, get to work on that. But also, I've stepped outside the, the, the infrastructure that we've created on how we work as a team. We've always worked as a team. We make our best decisions as a team. But there's been so many things going on. It's been more like, you know, Josh, you go this way. Leanne, you go this way. I'll go this way. And I've been making a lot of decisions and doing a lot outside of my team and made some poor decisions uh, because of that. And uh, I've just decided, no, I've got to start using the team that I have around me. And, and another thing that's been bothering me lately is uh, since the start of this ministry, I've been a very approachable leader to, uh, of a church. We weren't, we weren't very big at, at first, but I've always been very approachable. If you wanted to have lunch, have a meeting, the answer's always been yes. And uh, as of late, however, people will ask me for a meeting. I say, hey, pastor, I'd like to visit with you. Can we have lunch? And I'm like, yeah, um, in six weeks we can have lunch. And, and some in this room would raise their hand and say, yeah, I was one of the ones. We're, I'm still waiting. <laughs> you know? and, and to be honest with you, it's just not good customer service. And I, I literally only have so many hours in the day. I'm trying to say yes to everything. Uh, but I felt like the Lord has just really convicted me and corrected me and said, look, you're pulling a Moses. Jethro needs to have a little chat with you. You are not the man. Everybody, you're not the one to answer everyone's needs. You have a phenomenal team here. Learn to use the people that are around you. And now the reason I, I didn't know any way to do this than other than this. I didn't want to send out a letter. It seemed impersonal. I just want to have a talk with family. And, and, and so you can hear my heart here. If you may, let's say you call in or you text or if you, if you social media me, you already probably know I'm not responding because I don't hardly get on that anymore. But, uh, so you're probably already bad. But um, I, I'm just saying if you reach out and you want a meeting, you want this or that, if the answer is, hey, can you talk to my assistant or hey, can you talk to this person, please understand I'm not blowing you off. I'm just trying to be a good steward of what God's doing. Uh, I, I'm trying to grow up as a leader. I'm trying to get us ready for what God has next for us. And I would ask you to join me on this venture of growing up. <laughs> we got three people going to grow up with me. So, 
And here's, what I, here's why I'm saying that. I, over the last few years, in fact, in the early years of the church when we were so small, uh, I had people that started showing up to our church, and they'd say, man, I'm, I just love this church. I used to go to this church or that church, and they would name one of the bigger churches in, in the Midland area, and they'd say, man, that, just, that church is just too big for me. I got to get here. So I, I, I just like a small church. And on the inside, I was like, ooh, you're going to have to deal with that here in a little bit because we ain't staying small. And, and, and I just I knew that. I knew God was going to do something here. And so uh, can I just say this to you? If you were one of those people, or maybe you are one of those people, and the fact that we are growing and the fact that we're, quote, unquote, is getting, it, getting big, can I just lovingly say something to you? Uh, if, if, if you want your church to stay small, maybe you need to start doing your small part. Here, here, here's what I mean by that. If, if you're, I, I just like a small church, Pastor, can I just say this? Remind yourself, as we all need to do occasionally, the church does not just exist for you. The church was not created in your image. <laughs> and, and, and what I mean by that is there's a call on your life to once you've come and been a part of a church and you've grown, there's a small group of people in our church that need what you have. And instead of saying, I want this, I, I want a small church as if it's all about what you're going to get out of it, why don't you take a small group of people and lead them and you'll have the small church you've always wanted? Amen? I, I really feel strongly. The Lord's really talking to me a lot about uh, our life groups as well, like what's happening in the home. In the book of Acts, there were two main things they, that they dedicated themselves to. One, the apostles' teaching, and the other was meeting together in homes. And so it's a part of the church that God's calling us to build. There's a, there's small, there should be small pockets of pastors uh, or, or small pockets of people being pastored by people in homes. You may never have the title of pastor, but that does not mean that you cannot pastor. And so I'm asking you to join me on this journey. We have to grow up. We have to be what God's called us to be. What got us here is not going to get us there. There's a city full of people that need us to grow up so that we are ready for them to take care of them when they show up. So I'm asking you to join me on that journey. Please give me some grace over the next few weeks as we start some of the restructuring and I start utilizing my team in a better, wiser way and just understand we still love you. We're still for you. It's just simply a better structure to take care of you better. Can we do that? Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, all right. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Colossians 3. I'll do a brief touch... <clears throat> kind of touch up on last week. We're going to follow, continue our talk uh, on living hidden, this concept of living hidden. Uh, many times the uh, people build theologies around, they'll take one scripture and it's the only time in scripture that this, it, this little phrase or you know, principle, whatever, exists. Uh, and it's dangerous to build theology around one scripture, around one instance in the Bible. On the, on the flip side, when something continues to be repeated over and over and over and over again, we need to pay attention. That's mean he really wants us to get this. And this concept of being hidden in Christ or living hidden, it's a, it's a bit of an abstract concept at times, but if you put all the different times in Scripture where it addresses this particular subject, there's, there's a fullness of understanding that comes. There's, a, there, there's layers to understanding. It's, it's all throughout Scripture, and it's important for us. If it's all throughout Scripture, then we need to pay close attention to maybe what it is that he's trying trying to say to us. In Colossians chapter 3, where we first introduced or are introduced to this concept last week, it says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in your place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you have died to this life, and I love this part, this is what we're focusing on, your real life, say my real life, your real life is hidden 
with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. So we see this idea that our real life, the life we're called to live, is a life hidden in Christ. Galatians chapter 3 said it this way, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. So he's talking to Christians here. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So you see this concept again, just a little bit different language. One says hidden in Christ, and it says clothed in Christ. Put on the garment, the clothing of Christ. Romans 13 says it this way, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. This is just three times in Scripture. Uh, there are several other where this idea of hiding yourself in Christ is brought to our attention. So it warrants us looking into this, leaning into this, and asking the Lord, what is it you're trying to say to us through this? You know, one of the things, uh, the Lord a while back gave me this definition of wisdom. People always talk about wisdom. That person's wise, or that was a wise decision. Uh, the, the definition of wisdom that the Lord gave me is, how many revelations from the Bible can you filter your decisions through before you make it? There are things in the Bible where you can filter a decision through one, one scripture, and there's a certain level of wisdom in that. But once you start filtering all of your decisions through scripture, after scripture, after scripture, through wor- filtering it through word of God, through word of God, from word of God, word of God, all of a sudden that decision gets more and more wise the more filters it goes through. And, and the decisions about what I needed to work on in my life, they were not filtered through the, the revelation of Jesus Christ, of who he is, and that I live clothed in him, hidden in him. So since I didn't have that filter in place, everything I heard, although some of, all of them were scriptures, they attacked who I was. They attacked me on the inside. That I, I didn't have the understanding that we are spirit, soul, and body. We are three-part beings. And when I was born again, the real me, the spiritual me, the heavenly reality of who I am, the spirit being Braden, was completely cleansed, was completely saved, was completely made 100% perfect. It could not be improved upon. And that's who I really was. We are spirit beings. And when we are born again, our spirits are made perfect. But we have a soul. Our soul is a possession. Our soul is something we're supposed to hold with an open hand before the Lord, before the Holy Spirit, before Scripture, before community as well, and say, if there's an area in my soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, the way you feel, the way you think, the way you make decisions, I hold those with an open hand before the things that God has put in place on this planet to say, look, I I am not offended if you talk to me about any of those things because that's not who I am. I am not the sum total of my decisions. I am not the sum total of my emotions. That in and of itself would start to end this, 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 this. no, I'm not going to go there. It would end a lot of things. I'll put it that way. If we didn't say it with, I feel this way, there must, therefore I must be this way. I have this thought about this person, therefore I must be that. No, that is not who you are. That is a thought. That is a feeling. That is an emotion. That is is a decision. And all decisions, thoughts, emotions, every area of your soul must be held open-handed before the Lord saying, this is not who I am. I am hidden in Christ. Therefore, when you work on these things, it does not affect my confidence in who I am. It does not affect who I am. And so I, I, I didn't know that when I was studying these scriptures. I didn't know when I, I didn't understand that concept and you could, or, or you could say, I lacked wisdom 
in that area because I was holding who I am in my decisions as if the fact that I had pride and I had these issues in my heart as that's who I was. I was now pride. No, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are the righteousness of, of, of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, boldly and freely, you can hold all of the other areas of your life in front of the Lord and say, work on them, fix them. You can hold them in front of community, a friend. Like the Bible says, one friend sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron like one friend sharpens another. That sharpening doesn't bother you because whatever it is that they're sharpening off of you, that's not really who you are. That's a possession you have. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am not affected to the core when someone says I need to change. It does not affect who I am. And I, and I, and I, I, I did not have that filter, but thank God I do now. And, he, and what I've learned, and this was, I'm, I'm going totally backwards from my notes, so whoever's there on the computer, I'm sorry. I'm just talking now. Uh, now I, I have that filter in place where I can hold certain things before the Lord, and I can be teachable, I can be correctable, I can be moldable. I, I'm able to be corrected from people that either are underneath me in the, in the chain of, of things. I shared this with our leadership team before. There was a few weeks ago at, church, at a church service, and I'm just being honest with you, I showed up to church with zero faith. <laughs> I didn't have my faith on. I didn't have my faith with me. And I had someone, Josh Naylor, my executive pastor, friend of mine, who humbly and honorably after the service, he's like, yeah, I feel like you left your faith at home today. And I was like, that kind of stung a little bit, but you're right. <laughs> but you know what? That did not affect me to the core. That did not go, oh, my God, Lord, am I, am I not qualified to lead this church? Am, am I not? For the record, I was never qualified to lead this church. I was anointed by God to lead this church. It wasn't because I some, in some way, shape, or form qualified myself. He qualified me. I just said yes. But I could have an, an outside criticism about how I was leading this church, and because it was, it was an area of my soul, it wasn't who I was on the inside, I could hold it with an open hand and say, hey, you need to correct that, you need to fix that, get after it. <clears throat> I've invited that from certain people in my inner circle. I've invited that into my life because, like I said earlier, we have to grow. With that filter of the hidden work uh, of, of that filter of, of, the, of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, of being hidden in him. With that filter, I want to back up and address this issue of pride and humility because pride is killing people. Pride is killing people. Pride is stopping God from being able to do the things that he wants to do. Pride is blocking blessing in so many people's lives. Pride is stopping. The Bible says he gives more grace to the humble. In other words, more things that you couldn't earn and you couldn't deserve come to those who are humble. But those who are proud, it says he resists the proud. There are so many things God wants to do for us when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. There's so much he wants to give us, but pride is standing in the way. Now, I want to address the issues of pride and talk to you about some areas of pride. But mind you, the pride is in your soul that is not in your spirit. You have to know that. In your spirit, who you really are, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. And you have to get that first. So now that you know that, now that you're hidden in Christ and who you really are, let's talk about some issues of the soul. Let's talk about some areas that pride may be affecting our lives. See, there's this misconception that pride is simply arrogance. Arrogance is a part of pride. 
but it is not the entirety of pride. You see, pride is seeing everything through a you perspective. It's looking at you concerning everything in your life. Instead of doing what the Scripture says, and we'll read this in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we run this race, this life of faith, this race of faith? How is it telling us we're supposed to run this race? What are we supposed to be looking at? Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Now here's the point. Humility runs its race looking at Jesus. Pride runs its race looking at itself. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the deal with this. Sometimes you look at yourself and you like what you see. I'm kind of freaking awesome. I, I'm telling you what, I'm a pretty dang good businessman. Check my stats. Look at my truck. Look at my business. Look how many employees I've got. Look at, look at what I've done. Look at, man, I am so smart. You know, I've been, I've been working out a little too, hitting out the old CrossFit gym. Ain't, amen. Get to, get to looking around saying, oh yeah, not so bad. Pride lives its life looking at itself and occasionally when it looks, it likes what it sees. And here's the worst part. Not only does it like it, it takes credit for it. Because it's one thing to say, you know what, I feel like I'm a good businessman. It's another thing to say, you know the reason I'm a good businessman? Because I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The only reason I'm a good businessman is because he has been so gracious to me. He has been so merciful to me. He has given me more than I could have ever earned and ever deserved. And the fact that I'm a good businessman humbles me because I know the areas that I'm weak. I know the areas that I've missed it. And if my business is working, it's because his grace is sufficient. That's what humility says. But pride starts thinking, ooh, I got this. I don't need to listen to anybody else. I don't, listen, I don't need to listen to the community in my life about how to do this. I don't need to listen to the community or my pastor concerning how I parent. Actually, I'm doing a pretty dang good job myself. I think I got this thing figured out. Pride constantly looks at itself, looks at itself, and occasionally it likes what it sees. It takes credit for what it sees, and that pride rears its ugly head in the form of arrogance arrogance. We know what that pride looks like. When you're around arrogant people, it makes you cringe. It makes you want to throat chop them. <laughs> and every now and then I think they need a good throat chop and a Judy chop and a ninja chop or lots of chops. <laughs> How big a deal is this to God? Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 16, says this, these six things doth the Lord Hey, yea, seven are an abomination to him. He's fixing to tell us the big seven. He started to go with six. See, all these six things, the Lord's like, uh -uh, you're forgetting one. By the way, that one he almost forgot was sowing discord among the brethren, talking about other Christians behind their back. Just going to leave that right there on the table. You do what you want to do with that one right there. <laughs> but he saw fit in Scripture to say these six things, yea, seven, does the Lord, hey, are they an, are they an abomination to him? What is the first thing he mentions? Haughty eyes. Another translation says arrogant eyes. He hates it. He hates it. 
He despises it. Why? Because when you start taking credit, he has to stop blessing. When you start taking credit for the good things that are happening in your life, when you start looking in the mirror, when you start looking at your life and assessing who you are and assessing your worth, you like what you see, you start taking credit for what you see, any more blessing that the Lord gives you is just more ammunition, more fuel to to, to fuel your demise. He says, oh, dang it. I wanted to keep blessing them, but they don't know where it's coming from. I wanted to keep blessing their business. I wanted to keep blessing their family. I wanted to keep increasing. I wanted to keep expanding their influence. I wanted to put them in higher positions, but now I cannot do that because they think it's because of them. They think it's because of their skill. They think it's because of their works. They think it's because of their talent. They think that it's, they think they are living by the law. They are not living by grace. They believe everything that's happening in their life is because of what they've done, not because of what he's done. And the minute we make that change in our heart and and that that decision in our heart that what's happening to us is all because of us, he hates that because now he can't give you the blessing that he so wants to give you. He doesn't hate you. Notice he doesn't say he hates people who are haughty. No, it doesn't say that. He hates that sin. He hates that decision. He hates that heart because he understands I can't do any more for it. Now, that's the arrogant side. But here's the side that most people don't talk about. Pride is a two-edged sword. On one side is arrogance. On the other side is timidity, shyness, insecurity, and fear. You mean shy people are full of pride? 100% full of pride. Because what is pride? Pride is looking at yourself. An insecure timid, shy people, they look at themselves, and they're, they're not the arrogant side that says, oh, I like what I see. The timid, the shy, the fearful, the insecure, they look at themselves and they go, I hate what I see. I despise what I see. I'm ashamed of what I see. So they shrink back from crowds. They shrink. Now, this is not being, about being introverted. You probably wouldn't know this. I'm actually an introvert. <laughs> I, I get my energy from being alone. I have a job to do extrovertedly. But personally, I, I, I enjoy being alone. I'm kind of 50-50 there. So I'm not talking about introversion. I'm talking about timidity, shyness. I don't want to go to a small group because I don't like being in, in, in rooms with people. I don't, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. That is timidity. That is shy. That is fearful. You are looking at yourself, and you do not like what you see, and therefore you think when other people look at you, they don't like what they see either. Neither one of these. Arrogance. Timidity, shyness, fear, insecurity, neither one of these are the characteristics of a person who is hidden in Christ Jesus. If you were hidden in Christ Jesus, when good things happened in your life, you would realize it wasn't me. It wasn't me that did that. On the flip side, when timidity, shyness, fear, all those things come on, when you put on Christ Jesus, all of a sudden all of that is gone because perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And when insecurity, fear, timidity, shyness starts to rear its ugly head head, and you hide yourself in Christ, you realize it's Christ in you. It's Christ. There's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to be shy. There's no reason to think you're not worth it because your worth was not determined by what you think. Your worth was determined by what the Father was willing to pay to get you back. If he was willing to give his only son for you, what do you have to be afraid of? Why would you be so shy? Why would you be so insecure if he gave his one and only son 
for you. What's the, what's the issue? You're looking at yourself. You're looking at yourself. Pride is looking at itself. Arrogance likes what it sees and takes credit for what it sees. Timidity, shy, fear, insecurity looks at itself, hates what it sees, and takes ownership and says, that must be who I am. Both of these, the remedy for both of these is being hidden in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Make sure I got through all of my stuff here. It is important that we address this issue because like I said earlier, people who are hidden in Christ Jesus, who are covered, clothed in him, they hold the areas of their soul like this. The way they think, the decisions that they make, their emotional, they hold it out here with an open hand. And they say, Lord, if you need to fix it, if you need to change it, if you need to correct it, get after it because this is not who I am. I'm yours. I'm perfect in you. I'm hidden in Christ Jesus. So if you need to talk to me about this, get after it. You want, you want, you want to talk to me about this? Go, go for it. Why? Ephesians chapter 4, 15 says this, rather speaking the truth in love, that's what I, my prayer was this morning. When I prayed, I said, Lord, give me the courage to speak the truth but not step outside the boundaries of love. My heart, my goal is not to condemn, to, 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 to hurt you. My goal is to speak the truth in love. Why? Because here's what happens when we do this. We are to grow up, to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ Jesus. Can I just say this? Some of your, some of your ministry to the earth is not in what you preach. It's in how you live. Most, I'll say it this way, most of your ministry in life is to be a walking, living epistle representation of this is what life looks like when you grow up into him and you mature this is what life could be like for you and those that are around you you don't even have to preach the gospel you're living the gospel therefore they want to hear what it is that you're living i talked to a man yesterday well yesterday and the day before but he, he, he told me a story when he was he was rubbing shoulders with some 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 very influential wealthy people and uh and uh a Jewish guy as a matter of fact and he was talking about this blessing that was on this guy this Jewish guy and we were talking about the blessing of the Lord that's on the Jewish people because God always is faithful to his word and his promises even, even when people aren't faithful to him he's faithful to his word and he said he would bless those people and he's blessing those people even when they're not blessing him and he was talking about this guy who was living like hell to be honest with you and he was in this environment and uh and they were talking about all kinds of filthy, vile things and women and this and that, all married men. And they're talking about all this, this stuff. He said, I just sat there quietly. And uh, by the end of the night, the, the guy came up to him and said, so I take it you're like a moral man or something. He's like, oh, I mean, you can call it what you want. I said, I just, I, just, I just realized that's not the life for me. He wasn't preaching the gospel. He was living the gospel. He wasn't necessarily just preaching the good news. He was living the good news. He was living from a grown-up in Christ Jesus position. And the outside looking in recognized there's something different about you. And I may not be all the way convicted about the way I'm living, but I do all of a sudden. There's something in you that's different. And, I like, and all of a sudden, they started this conversation. And the guy told him, so you know what? I like you. I like you. 
Did you know one of the ways to get people to Christ is that they first just like you? You want to start your ministry? Be more likable. Be more likable. Grow up. Stop getting offended about everything. Stop pouting when things don't go your way. Grow up. Grow up. Have some faith. Have some joy. At work, have something good to say about everybody. Not something bad to say about everybody. Grow up. And as you grow up into Christ Jesus and all things, as you mature, as you grow up, people are looking going, you know what? Now that I, can, that I, that, that I want. This negative person, frowning, Debbie Downer, wah, 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 wah. That, 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 ain't, that ain't impressive. It's just not that impressive. Someone who never has something good to say, who's never bringing encouragement, who's never bringing faith, who's never bringing just simple optimism. We can just grow up. You don't start a ministry. Just grow up, and that'll be your ministry. Be a living, walking. That's why he needs us to address this issue in our heart. Hide, your, hide who you are in Christ Jesus. Be hidden in Christ so that we can work on these areas of pride in your life where you always want to take credit. You're so arrogant. You, think you, you just think you're it. And he also wants to hide those areas where you're shy, where you're feel fearful, where you're timid. Can I just say this for many of you who are shy and fearful and timid and don't think you have anything to say? The world needs to hear what you have to say. They need to hear what you have to say. The world needs you to get hidden in Christ Jesus and get over that stuff. Get over the fear. Get over the timidity. Get over the shyness. Get over it so that God can get what's in you to those around you. They need to hear what you have to say. If we'll address these issues in our heart, the world will get to see who Christ really is. They'll see the body of Christ stand up, grown up into the fullness of who he is. When they see that, they'll want some of that. They don't want you preaching at them. They don't need you preaching at them. But they do want to see a life worth living. They do want to see a life worth having. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.